All right. Y'all got Boxman and Smark here, and we're going to tickle your ears with all the wrestling those ears can handle. We got NXT, SmackDown. We've got 12 matches for a Saturday edition of AEW Dark, obviously leading up to their pay-per-view coming up Sunday. Another scumbag in wrestling, unfortunately, and lots more. And as usual, we are your Dirt Sheet Dudes. Let's go! Smoke two joints in the morning. I smoke two joints at night. 
Like a good day to me. <laughs> smoke two joints, then smoke two joints, then smoke two more. There we go. I like it. What is going on, everybody? Like I said, we're the dirt sheet dudes. I am Boxman. Smark is over there. What is up, sir? What's going on? Oh, you know, one of those days. Just another day in paradise, sir. Mm-hmm. The old paradise, which we call I don't know. Texas? I don't know. It's not paradise at all. <laughs> anyway, everything good with you, though? Everything good? Good? Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't complain. How about you? Not bad, man. Got, uh, already had three shots. I got three shots with me. I'm sure the wife will bring in a shot. I should feel pretty good by the end of this show. Very nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah I should feel pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm not going to complain about that. I like it. I like it. So, all right. Why don't we go ahead and knock out the plugs real quick, and then, like I said, we've got NXT and a bunch of other shit to get into. Actually, a decent amount of stuff, um, but we'll try to get through it. Uh, no, I'm not going to play Hulk Hogan's theme. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, it, if it pops on, I'm not going to. Uh, let's play a little Bobby Roode theme. How's that sound? There we go. A little Bobby Roode, a little glorious. That'll work. What do you think, Mark? Sure. All right. You all right tonight, Smart? Need some Red Bull or something? Give you wings. <laughs> no, I'm just saving the reserves. I'm going to Hulk up in a moment. Oh, <laughs> there you go. He's saving it, folks. Con- prepare. He is saving it. It's going to come out. All right. Speaking of coming out, let's get out of this thing. The high marks. We got Cheese Man Mojo and G-Wiz, and you guys want to be checking them out. And do you know where? I'll tell you where. Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Mitt with two Ts. Network. Metal Mitt Network. Check them out. Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sundays. And, of course, you've always got Bobby Blades and Bobby Anthem on the Inhuman Experience. Find them on all the usual podcast platforms and subscribe or follow or whatever you do. And the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check out those guys. You can find them on all the usual podcast platforms. Also, and of course, Blog Talk Radio. Matter of fact, they had a show tonight at 6.30, so it'll be up on their feed probably in the morning. And of course, the Stephen Milan. Find him over there reviewing movies right over there on letterboxdboxd.com slash Stephen Milan and put two L's when you spell Milan. And, of course, you can always find us on Spreaker, Facebook. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Google, um, Player FM, and Anchor. Smart, let it roll. Yes, sir. Monday's 830 and podcast network. Be sure to check out Cheese on Sports with the birthday boy himself, Cheese Man. Happy birthday, Cheese. Also, Sunday afternoons, be sure to check out Modark City Machine Guns with Mojo and Dirk. And also, last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raccoonto. That's the Planet Raccoonto podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuckness. All 16 episodes are available for you, as well as the incoming and pending on the horizon season two. Oh, yeah. You want to be ready for that. So go ahead and subscribe there. And I believe that is the plugs. All right. So, Smark, you haven't done this in a while, but let's do it. Ding, ding. There we go. 
The returning ding ding. The return of, of, of Apollo, the ding ding. <laughs> he brought back the ding ding. I brought back the ding ding. That's right. There you go. Always reminds me of that little Eddie Murphy joke. And he kicked him in the ding ding. That was from uh, Delirious or Raw? Delirious, I believe. Probably. I think it was Delirious. I'm not sure which one. But. I've seen them both, but I can't remember which one I, that particular one comes from. I've reviewed them both, and I don't remember which one it comes from. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's they're both so great, they just kind of meld together. They're just really both amazing. So, anyway. Um, I guess we're going to go ahead and get into, you know, we'll do ratings first, then we'll get into NXT. Um, cause I'm, I don't want to dig into the ratings too much. I've got a little extra on the ratings. Um, AEW really, really did dominate. Uh, AEW had 934,000 NXT had 692,000. Um, that's, that's a pretty big. Now the biggest part of that night, which I don't think is any surprise to anyone, though, was the Shaq match. The first match of the show drew 1.113 million people to that that segment. Um, the highest quarter after that was 836,000. So, mm, and the most newer viewers were men over 50. Mm. Yeah, a little weird, huh? A little bit, yeah. Multi saying it was the highest opposed number since 2019, so probably right around the same time they, you know, first started in October doing both shows. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, I think <laughs> with the rumors of NXT possibly going to Tuesdays and AEW being unopposed, it would look. Hate to say it would look better for NXT, but it would look better for NXT to do that because um, they're getting stomped right now. Mm -hmm. You know, just plain viewership. Forget demos and this and that. They're just getting stomped, and it just. And I hear I see people going, "Oh, but they're going up against their minor league roster." Are they though? Are they? Mm -hmm. They got some big talent on NXT, and they're on the show. So I don't know about that. Yeah, and I mean, they've brought on people who, you know, are supposed to get that ratings number up. You know, they brought on Edge. They brought on any number of guys in the past that are quote-unquote main roster people. And it really didn't do much anything to spike the numbers anyway. So it's like, it's just, it is what it is with that. Yeah, it really is. But um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure AEW would love to go unopposed. Um just to see what would happen for a month or two. And I'm sure NXT would love to go on a post just to see what would happen for a month or yeah. two. So theoretically it works best for everybody. Cause you get more people watching NXT, you get more people watching AEW. People start watching like quality wrestling instead of <laughs> slugging through raw and you get more eyes on the product. You get more people interested. Theoretically things get a little bit better for everybody. Yeah. Still though, th wrestling three nights in a row, just like that is going to be still pretty rough, man. Well, four usually, because there's usually always a pay-per-view. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God, during a pay-per-view. Oh. Well, I mean, that's going to be the one. Well, not, not next week, but next month, it's going to be the case at least once or twice. Oh, fuck, man. Oh, I might need to do a shot in a minute. Um, <laughs> we should probably start at least with NXT before I start doing shots. Uh, 
So, all right. I guess we'll go ahead and get into uh, NXT. We don't really have much more to, you know, do before we get into it. Um, we start out Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch versus uh, Champa and Thatcher. Non-title match. I got to admit, Smark, I don't know about you, but I fucking loved this match. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I figured it'd be right up your alley. It's pretty not too far away from my alley either. The proverbial alleys of just like like we said, two guys, or not guys, but two teams that fucking land in into each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, both of them are kind of technically sound. You got Champa and uh, Thatcher, and then you got the Birch and Lurkin. So yeah, it's good shit. I think I I really liked it. Yeah, I, I like the little beginning promo too, where you had. Uh, they, of course, announced, we talked about it last Friday, I think Wesley had the broken hand, so they ended up dropping out of the tag team matches originally supposed to be a tag team title match mm-hmm. between uh, fucking TH2, aka MSK, and um, Orkin and Birch, or Lurkin and Birch, whatever. And uh, so, yeah, you had the injury, and then you had them, MSK was backstage with uh, Ciampa and Orkin and Birch, and basically just... <laughs> Uh, Chapo was saying that they didn't have the, and he was looking for words, and one of the MSK guys jumps in and goes, bollocks, to put the belt on the line. I like that little part of it, too. Yeah, it was cool. I did see that part. I I, I got the full version this week. Um, I, I, I gotta just start watching the full version of this, because Hulu admits too much shit. They once again tried to deprive me of my Cameron Grimes segments, and I just can't allow that to happen. <sighs> See, I got the Cameron Grimes segment, and it was it was good. I liked it. I liked it. Yes, um, yes. But this match here, I mean, what's for me not to like? It was a tag team match. It had brutality. It had technicality. Just a great fucking match. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch win, which I kind of figured they may, even though I, it was a non-title match. Right. I kind of thought Thatcher and Ciampa might win, but the way the match was going... Um, with uh, Champa and Thatcher getting the upper hand so far in the so much in the beginning, you kind of know how that always works out, right? Yeah, and you, you get a little bit of fuckery too because you had Imperium show up in the stage right. and then they, they basically caused a distraction to let them win the match. So it wasn't entirely like they won clean, so it still makes no. Champa Thatcher look good. Yeah, it did. It did. And then we had this Roderick Strong segment. Um. <laughs> I feel like you've used that phrase in that exact same tone with the exact same side before. So uh, yeah, I have. Um, probably with the exact same person. He comes out and wants to talk about him and Cole last week, and he's pissed. I mean, I'm not sure who would be scared of him if he was pissed, but look at him. He's mad. He's little man angry. Uh, he, call, he calls out Cole. <laughs> he's got a short temper. Oh, yeah. Might do a little damage. Uh, he calls Cole out, but Balor shows up. Um, basically says he's not coming out for you. He only wants the title. Um, Roderick blames Finn for the whole breakup of the Undisputed Era, like it's some sort of club or something. Um, and then Finn's like, he gets in the camera and says, next week, Adam Cole versus Finn Balor for the NXT title. And then... <laughs> Little Roderick got pissed when old Balor called him a follower and not a leader. Little little Roddy went after Balor and the refs came to break it up. <laughs> just we'll continue to enjoy the fact that they have just straight up sort of taken on the whole perception of the idea that Roderick is just the bitch of the group. He is the Ringo of the Undisputed Era. 
He should be. I hate to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a wrong notion, but I just like how they're acknowledging it on television now. Well, they they should because that. I mean, I mean, he he got the upper hand on Balor a little bit tonight, but I just. I wouldn't be scared if this guy was right in my face. First of all, I'm, I'm way taller than he is. I could probably hold out my hand and hold him back. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. Plug and play. <laughs> plug and play. There plug, you go. Plug and play. Drop another guy in there. I wouldn't even notice or care. Wouldn't Yeah, care. pretty much, unfortunately. But I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. No, no, no. So uh, therapy sessions, Mark, are underway. Yes. <laughs> Before the way. <laughs> this this was like a bad acid trip. I, just right off the bat, whoever they hired to play that therapist, they did a fucking awesome job. Now, I've got it to play, believe it or not. They, they have the whole segment in a big four-minute thing, but I can break it up. Mm-hmm. Give me a minute. Let me, let me pull it up here. And hopefully it won't lock up too much on us here. I'm going to drop the thing a little bit. There we go. Let's give it a minute here. If it starts locking up, I'll just stop it. This doesn't look like Chuck E. Cheese. I appreciate you all being (laughs) here, but I normally see my clients one-on-one. That's okay, Doc. Austin needs his family here for support. This uh, Dexter Loomis problem is affecting all of us. Johnny, I don't have a Dexter Loomis problem. See what you're doing? See what you're doing here? Okay, we gotta fix this. Austin, tell the doctor that Dexter Loomis, that freak, locked you in a basement and he drew pictures of you. He should be in jail. Why is he not in jail yet? Why is he not in jail? You need to tell me this. Lock him up. Lock him up. Mr. Gargano, it seems like your hostility toward Mr. Loomis is exposing some deep-rooted issues of your own. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. I, I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to make this about me. No, this isn't about me. I am not here to be therapied on. You therapy on him. You don't therapy on me. All right. Eventually, he gets kicked out of the room here. I don't, mm-hmm. think, we need, I don't think we need to play much more of that. We'll... Uh, We'll play a little bit more of the next segment after he gets kicked out of the room. Because after he gets kicked out of the room, she asks him, uh, Austin Theory, what did Dexter Loomis really do? So we'll get that in a minute. Um, But anyway, let's go ahead and move on a little bit before that. But these segments are are too good to not just play. Because they were like a bad acid trip, but like a good bad acid trip. Yes, exactly. So... You know, I don't know. Johnny got kicked out of the first one anyway. Uh, now, Smart, this is your Cameron Grimes segment, which once again, Cameron Grimes, I'm liking this new character. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the man's going to go broke soon. Um, yes. He's still pissed at Ted DiBiase <laughs> because he found it out. It reminds me of that, like, the episode <laughs> of South Park where everything that they come up with the Simpsons have already done and they just keep getting pissed off. They're just like, ah, goddamn Simpsons. This is like the Camry Grimes thing with uh, Ted DiBiase. It's just everything. It's like, you are not going to outsmart me, Ted DiBiase. It's like, you motherfucker. It is good stuff, man. It, it's 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 fun. I will admit that. I do like watching it, so that's a mm-hmm. good thing. Um, it is good. Like I said, Cameron Grimes has been growing on me for a while. He's really 
this character especially I like. It's, and I don't know, like we said before, maybe it's because it's got some uh, authenticity to it. Maybe mm. that's why I like it. But he's just he just looks like he's having so much goddamn fun out there. I was actually surprised that they added continuity to this because Regal is basically telling him he walks up to him. He's like, yeah, so that guy you decked for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. he, he might sue us. And, we, and Cameron Guy's like, all right, I'll pay him off. He's like, no, I'll take care of that. He's like, all right, so I'll pay you off. He's like, <laughs> yeah. no, you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, I'll, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I pay you then? Wait, what's going on here? Like, who, do I give him my, who do I give money to? Who am I paying off here? I just need to spend some money. Uh, it, it's, it is, like I said, man, it's, it's really good stuff. And I enjoy, I'm enjoying Cameron Grimes like right now. Uh, Regal tells me he's got a match with Bronson Reed. Um, punishment, obviously for the possible lawsuit. That's right. Which Cameron Grimes for some reason blames on Ted DiBiase. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it's Ted DiBiase's fault. I told you. And cause not everyone has their price smart. Mm-hmm. And he realized that he thought everyone had their price. Um, His role model has let him down. There you go, man. That's just, isn't that what happened? Don't, I mean, don't they say don't meet your role models because they'll let you down? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the same. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Or I, I don't know, something like that. We get Aaliyah out there. She's with Robert Stone and Jessica. It's versus Ember Moon. She's out there with Shoxy Blackheart. Uh, the match was mostly Ember Moon dominating and winning pretty much most of the match. I, I didn't see... A lot of, I mean, I saw some, but not much offense with Aaliyah. Yeah, not really. I mean, like you said, it was it was kind of a more or less a squash, not a total squash, but it mm. wasn't so super competitive either, which is unfortunate. But like, it's kind of the whole thing about anybody that's aligned with the whole Robert Stone brand was like they kind of just make them out to be these big jokes, mm. which I mean they are for the most part. Robert Stone being a comic relief character, but let him have some offense, let him get a win here and there to actually make it look somewhat, you know, like important when they're out there. Yeah, because he's more than just a comedy character, man. He can go. He can right. go. Oh, yeah, he's talented for sure. Yeah, I'd like to see a little more of him. We'll, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. I'm sure there's feeling, hopefully they're just kind of feeling him out and seeing what he's like. So, but anyway, we get, we get this huge match, Mark. It's Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Nia and Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for the. The, the women's tag team championships. I mean, great. It's supposed to be an awesome match. The match was okay. Nia still doesn't have a clue to take a, to how to take a bump outside the ring. Mm-hmm. She fell down like, oh, I'm hurt. It was like, really? I mean, she broke up the pin by literally just smacking a girl. Uh, what's her name on the um, Dakota Kai on the back. Mm-hmm. Didn't push her off. Just smacked her on the back. It's okay. You stopped that. Yeah, like she was like a like a puppy that had did something wrong. Shayna was still on the mat. Mm-hmm. Pinned. Uh, yes, I mean, like we said, we were talking about this Wednesday. It's like it's sometimes a challenge to find different ways to describe the fact that she is not good. Like she's just not good. That's as simple as that. I, uh, yeah, and I, I, I hate to keep shitting on her, but this company's got to realize that like you just said, she's not good. Yeah. And they won't because they, they, for whatever reason, they seem to think that people that shit on her online are shitting on her online for other reasons other than the fact that she's just not good. Well, I don't know. I guess. 
Now, do you think this is sort of the beginning of like maybe a phase turn for uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez? Because you basically had mm. Dakota Kai just sort of being the putting in this scrappy underdog performance of like she withstood the chokehold submission from, from Shayna the first time and then she started trying to do it again. But then you had the raw official come out with Adam Pierce. We had a rare Adam Pierce sighting. He ended up costing them the match because uh, Dakota <laughs> Kai wasn't a legal person. Gonzalez was a legal person, but Dakota Kai tapped out. And they rang the bell anyway, so there you go. It's a little bit of fuckery, but do you think it's going to end up leading to like a face turn or is it sort of a one-week deal? Um, That could be leading to it. I could actually see Dakota trying to turn face and Raquel Gonzalez kind of going against her for it. Right. Oh, yeah, you could do that a couple different ways. You could have them both turn face. You could have, like you said, Gonzalez start to sort of resist the new Dakota Kai or whatever. There's all kinds of ways that you could play with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it could. I, I think it might be, and I think it could be a good thing. I mean, they've pretty much done all they can do as heels. Mm-hmm. So might not be a bad idea to do it. But, uh, yeah, we did get a scrap daddy. Uh appearance and he there was much fuckery in the match so anyway we get another therapy session and uh let me give you all some volume here and we'll go ahead and play some of it here strong bobby fish cameron grimes guys the list goes on and on i get why you don't like him candace you know he he can be a little weird sometimes yeah. i like it when it gets weird <laughs> and he did choke out johnny last week oh, don't remind me yeah, it freaking sucked. My throat is still sore. His throat, his throat's still sore. Mm. We're, we're talking about a guy who, who chokes people, phone people farms, kidnaps, you know. I, I feel like I'm taking freaking crazy pills. That's... Oh. Is your no. husband texting you from outside? <laughs> no. Uh, oh. mm. Go order some Uber Eats. You guys want anything? Of course. Oh, no. You too. Out. No. All right, so she kicks everyone out, and she does ask him once right here, "What did he do to you?" Um, so we'll get back into that part in a little bit here. But uh, for now, let's keep going here. Now, Smark, we get this Isaiah Swerve Scott promo. Mm-hmm. I like this too. This was good. Yeah, I, I do as well. I like the character. I, I like. You know, just the fact that he feels so wrong. He's been done wrong by everybody. They haven't given him the proper opportunities and whatnot. I just wish that they would give him more of an opportunity to actually have matches and show what he could do because he's got a super fucking diverse move set. It doesn't even seem like they really scratched the surface with that. And they don't really have, like, they don't have him wrestle all that much. And they also don't have him win all that much, which is also problematic. But the promo itself was good. It's just, where do we go from there? Yeah, I'm hoping it leads to what you just said. A little more in-ring time, a little more winning time. Um, It's a minute and 25 seconds. What do you think? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Yeah, check the levels on this. That ain't hard, right? That sounds cool. Yeah, right? I made that thing just now. It's crazy. I'll be right back. You can. All right, homie. So, we want to talk about life opportunities here. Starring Leon Ruff. It's funny how this dude just seems to luck up, trip, fall into the ring, and 
stand up with a North American championship in his hand. And Swerve here got a grind, claw, scratch, just to get no opportunity. Hmm. Leon, you seem to think this is funny. This is fantasy world, right? What, you think this is some type of prep school or something, homie? This is NXT. This is the CWC. We gonna call it Swerve's house. I'm hunting for my opportunities, and you the only thing I'm okay right now. You gotta get handled. You don't want to go to war with somebody who cares less than you do. And I am a dangerous, savage individual. Cause Swerve, it's just different, and I just don't care anymore. All right. There we go. I like this. I like what he's saying. I like this new character. Now, I got to admit, we didn't hear a lot from him. Um, obviously, his kill shot, he was in a mask, and we didn't hear anything from him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was known for cutting uh, promos on the indies. Was he? Really? Not so much for cutting promos, but he was kind of a charismatic guy. He had, uh, that, I forget what the name of the song is, but that song, Ain't Nobody... Yeah, love me better. You and he did like kind of the Rich Swan thing of just like five minute dance along to the song entrance. <laughs> so that was always fun. But um, he had a little bit of his kill shot because they did that angle where one of his like, or no, it wasn't him. He was uh, he was the guy that one of his war comrades did wrong, and he went after him. So there, there was that little feud that they had that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember too much from it because I watched that like five years ago so <laughs> it is what it is on that front but uh he, i mean he's, he's a charismatic dude he's definitely talented for sure yeah yeah looking forward to seeing some more like i said i'm hoping like like you said i'm hoping we see more of him in the ring and more winning from him because uh definitely definitely want to see more and um where were we after that we get all right we got la nights mark Mm, you night. Um, and they are spelling it night like Knights of the Round Table, K N I G H T, like a like mm-hmm. a night. Which, which to me, the spelling actually makes it even make less sense. The name. I mean, yeah. what, what, I mean, what is he? Is he like a a a a, a, a knight of Los Angeles? What? what, what? I, he's the knight of Los Angeles. I, I thought it was hilarious that he couldn't even get the paid performance center crowd to chant his name. I heard like three people in the back, and I literally had a laugh because I was like. <laughs> there was one guy who was being very loud, and it wasn't even really in response to anything he was doing specifically. And that guy was the true MVP of the segment. Yeah. He was like a star. I forget what, was even, what it even was, but he just started his own random chant that gained no momentum. No. No, and it shouldn't have because I listen. I I, I know I said I'm going to give this guy a chance. I, I did. I said that. I I did. It ain't going to work. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. I don't like the guy. I don't like his promo style. I don't like the guy. I don't like the guy. It ain't going to work. This character is not going to work. And well, uh, what's what's really funny about it is he's cutting this promo about how he's not here to do the flippy dippy dives and all the flashy shit he's more substance he gets the job done he does it in an old school way meanwhile he is dressed more flamboyantly than like 95 percent of the roster so it's like it's very weird juxtaposition 
Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the glasses match the jacket and it's, it's, mm-hmm. I gotta yeah, well, tell you. The, the glasses match the jacket and he had on like some white in, I don't know, navy? I don't know what color shade of blue that was, but that matched the shoes. The shoes matched the glasses, matched the jacket. Well. It was all very <laughs> well tailored. I gotta tell you, Don Callis does this character better. How's that sound? Yeah, I'll agree with that. So there's no use reason for it or use for it to me. Um, but anyway, that's my opinion on on uh, L.A. Knight slash Eli Drake, which I didn't like Eli Drake. I hated his promo style then. I don't like it. I don't really I've never really even seen him in the ring because I don't give a shit. And, and it was weird, too, because he said that he compared himself to Tom Brady. And basically what he was saying was that he was not courted. You know, he wasn't like somebody who was super hyped or whatever and, you know, highly prospected that, you know, they came after him and that they wanted to recruit him and go after him the same way that they went after some of the other people. But when they debuted him, they announced him as like the hottest free agent. Mm. So he's trying to say that he's like this underdog character and it doesn't work. Yeah, that's why it's 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 awful. It's awful just bad even even him coming down in the next match <clears throat> we get the bronson reed versus cameron grimes match um grimes once again tries to pay off reed i don't want to have match buy it here my money money and now there's just money all over the rings mark the fucking hop that he did when he was <laughs> on the ring apron like he looked like he was a diva search contestant and it was the most fucking hilarious thing with his little vest on and the fucking puffy chest hair and he's doing this like buddy hop throwing money around like he's just a fucking phenomenal character it is it is and then magically when we come back from commercial the money's all gone and reed was dominating this match la knight comes down and somehow makes reed slip off the top rope which didn't even look good and Grimes steals a win. It was, I mean, it was what it was. I like Bronson Reed, so, I mean, it wasn't a bad match at all. Just, there was no reason to have L.A. Knight come down. It, it, that actually kind of made sense for me. Because in theory, he seems like somebody who would, like, if you just go with the logic that Grimes paid him off. Which they didn't implicitly say, but... They didn't straight up say he paid him off. They didn't show him like giving him money, but you could like you could draw the connection if you really wanted to. And plus, I was actually really surprised that it was competitive because I thought they were just going to have Reed kind of squash him, honestly. So the fact that they yeah. a let him have offense and b let him win, I was actually pretty impressed. And that that he's done it a bunch of times, so it's not like it's something new. But that like they called it a Spanish fly, but like the mid air like fall away slam thing that he does is fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, uh, I mean, wouldn't a guy like L.A. Knight be just look at him and be like, I don't need your money. Look at me. I don't need your money. I got my own. Fuck you. Wouldn't that be a, the character he was supposed to play? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that, you got a point there. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I was I'm, actually kind of no. thinking, Good. watching his promo, that you could have, you could, like, maybe turn Grimes' face and have him be, like, the rich guy that goes after the cocky other arrogant rich guy. You could, you could. I mean, it would make some that that would make a little bit of sense. But like I said, eventually, you know, in storyline, obviously, we're gonna get Grimes going broke. Sure, at some point, yeah, I definitely think so. 
But like I, like I said last week, I hope that they at least kind of stretch this out for a little while because it's still a lot of fun to watch, I think. Yeah, I mean, it is. I'm, I'm not, I, I like it. I hope they do stretch it out a good long time. And they probably will. They do like stretching things, so they probably mm-hmm. will at that. Um, but anyway, after that, we get Regal. He's pissed off at Adam Pierce in the back, obviously for what happened in the women's match. Um, and uh, we get the last of the Austin Theory things going on here. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it. Great time. It was. I mean, I was in this really small room with the windows were all boarded up. It was great. I, I watched cartoons and I ate so much cereal, like the whole day. I gotta say, he's really just a nice guy. You think Dexter Loomis is a nice guy? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know why Dexter brought you back? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Austin, I spoke with Dexter Loomis this morning in preparation for our session. Wait, you, you talked to him? He, he doesn't even speak. Oh, on the contrary. I couldn't make him stop talking. Oh. You... Austin, the, the truth is, <laughs> he couldn't wait to get rid of you. He said you were the most obnoxious person he's ever been around. Your eating habits are unsightly, your fashion sense is atrocious, and he was extremely disgusted with your infatuation with cutting off all of his shirts to show off your mediocre abdominal section. (laughs) Austin! Johnny! Johnny, Johnny! What did she do to you? What did you do to it? You're a monster. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. It'll be okay. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm going to give this lady a piece of my mind, okay? Man, that was great. That worked so good. That whole kicking this out thing. What a great improv. So good. Worked like a charm. You know what? You earned every penny of this. There you go. Actually, arcade money. Good job, though. Hey, we're going. Going to Chuck E. Cheese, man. All right, so now they're going to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Which they won't, but man, if they actually shot a segment of them just fucking around in a Chuck E. Cheese, it would be amazing. Yeah, I hope they don't. Chuck E. Cheese is not a good place anymore. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know. No, not that it really ever was, but it's just it's. I mean, when I was a kid, it was obviously, but not anymore. Not really. Not not no. No, no, not really, not really. So, but uh, those segments were all really good. I had I had a good time with them. Like I said, they were like a bad acid trip, but they were still fun. Uh, yeah, I felt like I said I thought the lady that they hired to play the doctor was really good, and I think the sort of MVP of the segment was you had Indy out there just basically fucking sexualizing everything that was said <laughs> during the promo. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I wish he would tie me up. Wish he would kidnap me. And you just had Gargano just keep staring at her like, we get it. You want to bang him. Knock it off. You're being inappropriate. He's weird. I like when it gets weird. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Good segments, man. Good fun. That's what I noticed about them that really kind of makes me laugh is that they're supposed to be the understudies, Indiana Austin. And they're both, like, taller than them. 
but they still treat them like their kids are both kind of childish and like naive so like they're supposed to almost be like little like big brothers big sisters program type shit going on but the 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 quote-unquote kids that they have the interns are like both bigger and stronger than them so it's just a funny like contrast and could pretty much kill them yeah you're right Mm -hmm. you're right you're right but um great segments though man a lot of fun on those segments a lot of fun. I mean, they were, like I said, I, I know they were ridiculous and kind of stupid, but I had, I, I thought they were fun. I, I, I had fun with them. Sure, yeah. Well, it was kind of like that Christmas segments that they did. Right. Exactly. They're just, uh, again, they're just having fun. And I like that, you know, Johnny paid her to do all the stuff she did and got him, got him to talk and got him, you know, open up. So mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. It was pretty, and I like that he took back a, I don't know if he gave her hundreds, but arcade money. <laughs> <laughs> so well i mean you would know of all people that chuck e cheese ain't cheap oh god dude and their parties are getting were ridiculously expensive oh my god especially after the like during this pandemic oh no 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 that's why we did my kids party like at a park down the road mm-hmm. yeah it was much cheaper much cheaper yeah um but yeah chuck e cheese not no fun anymore um ever rise Versus, yes. well, it, it, it was supposed to be versus Brizongo, who were doing a strange astronaut entrance. <laughs> yes. Um, reminded me of the, ah, forget it. Did you, <laughs> did you ever see Mr. Mom? Yes, but I, I did a very, very, very long time ago as a kid, and I would not be able to remember anything all from right. it. All right, all right. Then I, I, I won't mention it. Remind, remind me of a scene from there. Um, but before Brizongo even makes it down the ramp, uh, Mendoza and Wild from Legado del Fantasmo jump him. Um, Everrise wants nothing to do with it, but here comes Santos Escobar. Mm-hmm. Well, that, my absolute favorite moment is you have them just beating the shit out of Brizongo, and you cut to Everrise, who are clapping and giving them the thumbs up. Yeah. Which was great. And that they start to slowly notice that... Well, first off, you have the Legato del Fantasma group start to notice that Everrise is clapping, so they start to corner in on them. And as Everrise notices that they're about to get charged, they both look at each other and just fucking dash right right on out of there. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty good. You know, this Everrise team. I know they look like two '90s guys. You know what? They act like '90s guys. They bill them like '90s guys. They're they're at least sticking to it. Right. I actually don't yeah. mind them. I, I don't mind the guys. Well, you know what it kind of reminds me of is like before they became too cool, like the gear that Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor would wear. Oh. Like, and even the same sort of vibe of just being these two just obnoxious pricks. <laughs> so they, like you definitely, you said 90s. They do sort of have the, like the 90s jobber heel. Yeah. <laughs> like aesthetic down pat. They do. And they act like it and everything. But, um, I, I like them. I really have no problems with them. I think they're kind of, they're kind of a good throwback, in my opinion. So you know, let them do what they do. Um, Legato El Fantasmo stands in the ring. Escobar cuts a cuts a promo, um, and uh, that was kind of the end of that segment. Um, I think you're right. Everaz might have been the best part of that segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> next week, though, we are having two championship matches i think this is regal trying to make up for the bullshit that happened in the uh, women's match it's going to be tony storm versus io shirai obviously for the women's nxt title and balor versus cole for the nxt title 
Right. And there's also supposed to be a big announcement. Big. Huge, which I think we might all know what it is already. <clears throat> Tuesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Tuesday. So I think that's what it's going to be. Maybe, maybe not. Um, we'll find out. But uh, the last match on this show was Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong. Um, good match. I can't say I would have made it a main event, but a good match with Balor winning. Um, I don't know. I just, this match didn't feel main event. Maybe it's just my bias against Roderick Strong, but... No, you're not wrong. I think they, they kind of pointed it out on the Observer. Like, I think that they started to realize that they were going to move towards Tuesdays mm-hmm. and just for some ever, or they accepted their kind of lot in life of the fact that everybody was going to be tuning in to see what happens with Shaq anyway. So they started trying to build this as a big show and then just towards the last minute they were just like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> like screw it, like we're not gonna have the tag team match now because of injuries. So mm. we'll just do some funny skits and hopefully people like them. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. So, all right. Well, yeah. SPC is talking about. Um, they had kind of reported this on the uh, Observer newsletter that yep. the plan right now. It's not formally, you know, it's not like you know, set in place, set in stone yet. But the plan is to have an NXT Women's Tag Team Title. Or tight totals, rather. It's not going to be split amongst two people. <laughs> They're not going to cheap out and only make one belt. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> it actually would. No, you know, yeah, pa- like, uh, well, you like cut it in half. Pandemic. Have... Oh, like a heart? Cut it in half? Yeah, like those and, little like friendship lockets or whatever the fuck. And then they put it to, and, yeah, and then they hold it up and it's together. Oh, that's adorable, Smark. That is adorable. They should they make one for the guys too. It'd be great. That Everybody would be absolutely the value of friendship. There you go. Wow, you dork. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. But yeah, yeah, they are. They are, and that was actually part of our news. So thank you, old uh, Super Sasha Baron Corbin, SSBC over there. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you moving that up on our list there. Um, and I don't think we have anything else really to tie into NXT. No, you had, uh, we, I think we talked about it, though, but Balor won the match, and then you had Adam Cole come out, and there was a little stare down to promote their match for next week. So that's how it ended. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. It was what it was. Uh, NXT, decent show. Um, not great. I uh, I can see why AEW got uh, the ratings they did this week. I really can. Well, I yeah. Outside of, well, I don't know. I, I was gonna say outside of one match, but I was thinking two matches because I, I like the Grimes Bronson Reed match, and I like the tag team match at the opener with with uh, Thatcher and uh, God Champa. I always, for, I, for some reason, I always forget one of the members of that team, and I kept forgetting Thatcher, and I finally remember Thatcher, and then I forgot Chompa. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with that, because I actually really like that tag team. But you had the two, the tag team match, you had the singles match that I mentioned. Those were good. But like he, outside of that, I think it was just a matter of the skits. Like, you either like the skits or you don't like the skits. I like the skits, so I like the show. And I didn't, but I didn't really have anything to compare it to because I didn't watch Dynamite this week because I didn't have power to watch Dynamite this week. So, yeah, yeah, you got a point. So, I don't know. In in my opinion, I think uh, 
like I said, I agree with the eight. I mean, I like I said, I did enjoy NXT, but I think AEW just had more ongoing action throughout the show. Sure. So I think that might have been in their favor. And especially, I mean, they... I'm not saying they kept the momentum after the Shaq match, because the Shaq match obviously had the most viewers, which we already mentioned, 1.113, I think I said, mm-hmm. um, million. So, you know, no, you're not going to keep that. You obviously had your... Shaq fans tuning in for that, but they had another right. high of 860, and I think it was 860 something. Maybe it was 863. I might be off on that. I don't have it up anymore, so I'm throwing numbers out here. Um, somewhere in the 800s, but I think it was 860 something. So they kept it going as much as they could. They, you know, that, like I said, I think they just kept the action going more. Sure. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, as they should, because it was the go home show before the pay per view. Right. So, they should have had the better show regardless. And I think that from what I saw, which was, again, very little, but from what I saw, they, they did have the better show, but right. they, they certainly should have. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we get to get into SmackDown. Oh, boy. Which, uh, honestly, SmackDown was a decent show, man. Kind of flew by. Yeah. Honestly, did. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I was a little bit surprised, but then I realized what was going on because I, I tuned in a couple minutes late. By a couple minutes late, I mean four minutes past the hour. And I was like, oh. I, when I turned it on, I didn't see Roman. And I was like, hey, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 The guy who was shooting with Roman. So it still works. It's still this traditional SmackDown beginning of five minutes into the show. You actually starts. Pretty much. And it was Michael Cole giving us Daniel Bryan, introducing him out down there. Um, Bryan's got a cage match later with Jey Uso. If he wins, he's going to have a shot at the Universal Championship at... Fast Lane. That's right. Um, him and Cole talk, and then finally he tells Cole, I've got it from here. Daniel Bryan gives us a video of his Elimination Chamber performance, which was fucking amazing. Um, Roman, down, Roman coming down and basically picking the bones of a beaten deed uh, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what else to say there. That's kind of what it looked like. Um, and then he, you know, I... I talked about the full-time dad thing he kind of addressed some rumors of him um taking a back seat you know kind of on the back burner says that's not going to happen he ain't going nowhere belongs at wrestlemania which i agree with did you catch him stammering through this promo a bit a little bit yeah a little bit he had a few of them which i mean it didn't bother me when, when you're doing a it was almost a six seven minute promo he did oh yeah because he, he he was talking about how he he I guess there was some kind of test and he tested as like having the lowest ambition of like anybody in the locker room, oh, that was which true. is a weird selling point. But he was like, you know, I do this. It's not about ambition. I do this because I love this. And in three months, I've had more matches than Roman in, in two years and in, in nine minutes that Edge had matches. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? Uh, yeah, he jacked up. But he always fixed it and whatever. It, it was no big deal. It didn't really ruin the promo. It, he Honestly, dude, if you're pissed off, you do that. Right. Well, it seemed like basically somebody just gave him some random stat right before he came out, and you like fucking forgot it, which it happens. It happens, man. It, it was no big deal. I, I, I got to tell you, to be honest with you, for me, it's not only good to see Daniel Bryan, you know, back in this kind of full schedule again. That you know, he, he when he came back, they had him doing a lot of matches. Then he slowed down. But it's really good to see him back in the in the main event and title scene again. Sure, yeah. 
Yeah, it it, it really is nice, man. And stuff like this is what makes it really good for me. Right. Which was the whole point of his promo was that he wrestles every week, whereas like Edge and Roman are they seemingly only wrestle when they want to and they feel like it or in big match situations. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's just these type of promos really make you happy to see him back in that scene again. And I like it. Uh, Roman did eventually come down with uh, Jay and uh, Paul Heyman. Jay Uso is one of the best hype men in the world. Mm-hmm. He literally is just that guy when you're about to get in a fight, just like, oh shit, someone's about to get fucked up. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just standing in the corner. He's not going to fight. You know, he ain't going to fight. <laughs> but <laughs> he's the friend who knows that you don't want to actually fight somebody, so he holds you back. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fucking JS Scrappy Do. Um, but then Jay jumps in Daniel Bryan's face and just, get, you gotta take me on, motherfucker! God damn it, God damn it, ow. Fucking like mm-hmm. Tasmanian devil doll over him. Um, and then Bryan tries to take a cheap, or Jay tries to take the cheap shot and Daniel Bryan takes him out. So good ending. Like I said, it was a long promo by Daniel Bryan, which is why I give him a little bit of leeway on the mess ups. And like I said, man, if you're passionate and pissed off, you're going to do that. It's just going to happen. Sure. So, mm. oh, I needed some water there. Sorry. At one point, he mentioned that he was going to throw to a package that he made. Uh, so, and I just I like the idea of him just sitting there in his ring gear, like in front of in the video truck, just putting together a package of what happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> like that mental image just sort of gets me because I always think about that when wrestlers like point to the, they're like, all right, look at this video, and they point at it. it's like, did you make this? Like, obviously you didn't, but I like the idea that in kayfabe, they're sitting there making their own fucking previously on videos. Just brings it into WWE. And like, here, I made this last night. It was up all night. <laughs> um, you know, I was composting. And That's just, right, because I was in the middle of composting. I was composting. The computer's out there. I just started typing on the old laptop, and here we go. I got this video for you. Play this. Play this, please. I was at the old farmer's market. There you go. You know, just came back from the farmer's market. There you go. I like the farmer's market, actually. Mm-hmm. We have one every Sunday down the road. They got fresh vegetables. Yeah, we have one downtown here, usually during the spring and summer months. We actually have one that's open down the road from us that's open all year. It's a market, but it's a they only get local stuff, like local vegetables, local local honey. My God, the honey here is amazing. Um, everything's local, so we go there all the time. Great little place. Um, They have some really good stuff. Their meat is so expensive, but I'll tell you what, man. You get those fucking grass-fed steaks, you can tell Mm. the difference. Oh, sure. For whatever reason, we have a lot of, like, butchers around here, so Mm. I can relate to that. Nice. Yeah, we don't... I mean, we got some, but not around me. But again, dude, I've mentioned these places before. The Asian markets have really good cuts of meat, too, man. Ah, they're amazing. Nice. Yeah, I got two of those around me. Real close. I got one by a Harbor Freight. God, I love Harbor Freight. <laughs> Fuck, I love that place, man. It's like a mini Home Depot. Walk around there in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Man, you give me a gift card to fucking Harbor Freight. Oh, my God. I'll get lockpick sets and everything. There you go. Yeah, there's one not too far from here, from where I'm at, but uh, 
I'm not a handy person, so I've never really been in there. Oh, I have one on the next, like south of me, the next main road, <laughs> like a mile and a half away. There you go. Oh, I go there all the time. I get batteries. And good thing about that place is you get, always get free. If you get on their mailing list, they will send you so much free shit. Not only free shit, but if you go in there and you get the free shit and you buy something else, you'll get money like a percent off plus something else for free for buying it yeah nice they're they give you so much stuff and i mean it's not great stuff but you know flashlights and batteries sometimes they'll actually give free batteries you know buy one get one free and shit like that mm-hmm. their batteries aren't great but if you're using them on like a remote or something like that they're fine but they, sure, they're, yeah i get what you're saying they're not even powerful enough to charge a RC to power an RC car though but <laughs> <laughs> don't work in a remote um anyway let's go back to smackdown sorry about that i i veered off getting all excited about harbor freight uh yeah. sorry apologize no worries apologize uh supposed to be the street profits versus sammy zane and uh, corbin but <laughs> corbin comes out and says he doesn't like sammy and refuses to team with him and then says, all right, Street Profits, which one of y'all want a singles match? And first up is Montez Ford. So first up, Montez Ford versus Corbin, versus Corbin, excuse me. It's hard yes. to talk tonight, Smart. You know how that is, right? Every night. Um, after a distraction from Baron, from uh, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin gets the win here. Good match. I mean, it, it, kind of a usual, I got to admit, I kind of zoned out a little bit during this match. Yeah, it was pretty short, really. He had, like, Ford hit a move or two that would look pretty cool. But then after that, it was Corbin was in the control for most of the match and then he ended up winning it. I did, like, Sammy being, like, heartbroken because he had Corbin come out and cut his whole little rant and diatribe about how he doesn't like Sammy and how they're not going to be a team. And you just have Sammy just interjecting with, but we're booked in a tag match. <laughs> just, like, just all heartbroken. And then Corbin, of course, like you said, negotiates. Like, all right, who wants, a, who wants a singles match? And then they all, everybody but Sammy agrees to singles matches and you just have Cole be like, oh, well, I guess you could just do that if you have everybody mutually agree. You could just yeah. make your own matches now. Like, I huh? like how they're shitting on just lack of power structure. Like, where's Adam Pierce? I guess he's still yeah. getting he's still getting yelled at by fucking Regal, I guess. <laughs> Regal had a very long and very British rant that he was <laughs> They went and got a pint and haven't left yet. Uh, <laughs> they're still drinking and, and talking. Um, right. Now, now the funny part after that match, though, is um, Baron Corbin's getting out of the ring, and Sami Zayn is like, I helped you, now time for you to help me. And he, Sami gets up on the apron, Dawkins knocks him off, and he falls into Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin just immediately hits Sami. And Sami just yells, I help you when you hit me? <laughs> <laughs> I like, helped you. I helped you win. And you hit me, you, you bitch. Mm-hmm. I, oh, you daughter. can't can't trust him. I hear my daughter outside the room. Oh. You'll probably hear her in a minute. Anyway, um, I thought that was pretty funny, though. Um, I did like the end of this match where it ended with uh, Dawkins rolling up Sammy when Montez Ford... She's knocking. Montez Ford started getting all hyped up in front of Sammy's documentary crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
And then Sammy attacked the guy in the documentary because he didn't know him. <laughs> yes. I, I like the little angle, the little extra touch that they added with that. And I figured I that too. this was kind of going to be what happened is that you were going to have one guy from each team, I guess, even though like they're kind of trying to distance Corbin and Sammy from being an official team, even though they are. Right. But you're going to have, you know, one, one of either Sammy or Corbin win and then one of the street profits win. And that's kind of what we got. So I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was just, I mean, I look, I like the Street Profits. I have no problems with them at all. And, mm. I mean, I'm not a fan of Corbin, but Sami Zayn can make anything watchable for me. Yeah, I think it's good pairing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Listen, if, listen, if I can watch something because of Sami Zayn, it's a good pairing. Right. Put it that way, because I could literally go take a fucking imaginary piss for all I care when Corbin is on my television. <laughs> Get an imaginary piss is amazing. Like, even if I don't have to piss, I would go do something and pretend I'm pissing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, so Just fucking pantomiming, like, lifting your leg in the air like a dog. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but anyway, I was just making a joke, Spark. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's a fun mental image of just like Corbin coming out. You just stand there and just go through the motions of like pretending to unzip your pants. <laughs> just, go, just, just staring looking at, at your watch just, that you also don't have, but you're just like looking at your wrist. I don't. I do that all the time. I actually do. Mm-hmm. I actually tell people I'm looking at my wristwatch. And, they look, go, yeah. and they look at me funny and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I used to do it. I don't do it as much as I am. The old Stone Cold thing where you'd like look at his wrist tape as though it was a watch. Yeah. And I go, what? <laughs> there you go. And then people look at me even more funny and I go, what? <laughs> hey, there you go. And then they throw me out. <laughs> That's why you're a big Harbor Freight fan. You're just not allowed at the Home Depot anymore. Yeah. Home Depot kicked me out for going, what? <laughs> that makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, we get Reginald, poor old Reggie, with uh, Carmella. Carmella calls him a snake and then fires his ass after throwing a drink in his face, which actually just looked like water, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry. We got more Reggie to talk about tonight. Plenty more. Plenty more. Um, Dominic Mysterio comes out with Daddy, as usual, because Dominic Mysterio can't come out without... Daddy, I don't, I don't know why. I yeah, mean, that would be so awkward if that was what he called him during promos. Can, <laughs> He's <just> like, <laughs> we're gonna get him, Daddy. <laughs> like, yeah, that really only works if you're Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> we're going to get him, Daddy. <laughs> anyway, Dominic's out there with Ray, Daddy. Um, and uh, he's got a match. Uh, Dominic's got a match with uh, Chad Gable. Chad Gable comes out with Oda Daddy. Go <laughs> Daddy Mysterio. You just I watched Smokey and the Bandit over the week over the weekend. And it just reminds me, have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. You got those two, you got the big dude and the and the little guy, uh, Big Enus and Little Enus, and he always goes, Daddy, we gonna go get him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, God, those are good movies. I watched all three. Forgive me, please. Um, don't judge me. They're still good movies. Um, now this wasn't a long match. This uh, this uh, mysterious uh, Dominic and Chad match, not a long match. Dominic did get the win. Uh, Ray did end up giving Otis the senton outside the ring. I, I really don't know what else to say about this match. 
Dominic. I mean, there isn't too much. There really isn't. It was was one of those things where it was a match in service of a story, and the story was really more took precedence over the match. The match was just kind of filler. It was to get from one point to the other. And I guess it did its job. Um, now we get Rollins backstage. Excuse me. Get a little hiccup there with Caleb Braxton. He's talking about Cesaro swinging him last week. Um, well, forever. Forever. He swung him forever. Um, <laughs> Terry Funk came out and just kept yelling forever. There you go. Forever. forever. I should have put that up there. Uh, Murphy comes up to him. And he's like, maybe I could help you with that little problem you got. Cesaro. And fucking Rollins just is like, get out of my sight. Now. Get the fuck out of here. Shoot. Now. Leave me. He's like, oh, we're not doing that shit again. Everyone hated it. Yeah. Rollins is like, I've been there already. No. No, no, uh, no, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Not sure, uh, not sure they, uh, not sure she tested well with the WWE audience. I don't know. Or maybe they figured out that relationship is just a little too weird. For a lot of people, I would hope it would be that. You would hope, but then you're saying WWE might actually have morals and standards, and I'm not so sure I can just roll with you on that. Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't think the company that does business with Saudi warlords has integrity? Mm. I mean, there's that, and pretty much the whole history of the company. Mm. Just, I mean, we haven't seen Jerry Lawler in a minute. Didn't we see him last pay per view? Yeah, on the pre show, I think. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Uh, so let's just move on again. There, we know they have no morals nor standards. Um, otherwise they wouldn't. I, I, I hate to say this, but otherwise they would not keep bringing Hulk Hogan back and picking that fucking scab because that's what they're doing every time he comes out there. They pick the fucking scab. Right. Yeah, and I mean, what is he going to do to get somebody over? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. And I don't know. And every time he comes out there, you get the same people bringing up the old story. So why pick the fucking scab? But anyway, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. Shayna with Nia versus Bianca Belair. Sasha comes out to even the odds. And Reginald is with her. That's right. Poor Reggie. Poor old Reggie, as Smart said once. And we named the show after. Um, now, Nia ends up taking out Sasha, and Reginald does like this Matrix move to get out of the way. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was very impressive. That was, like, he, like, took a... He, he didn't... He, didn't take a bump, but he did like the the real Matrix move. Like that was ridiculously insane, um, and that actually gave a minute for Bianca to uh, hit Shayna with the kiss of death. Which, mm-hmm. damn, it looked like she dropped her on her face. When yeah, she, it did look pretty rough this week. She didn't. She didn't. You, if you look at it again, I actually clicked back and looked at it again. She didn't, but it looked really good. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then Bianca came down and was like, yeah, you got to get rid of Reginald. And Sasha slapped the shit out of him and said, stay out of my damn business, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, paraphrasing, obviously. Pretty much, yes. 
Paraphrase. Paraphrase. I mean, I wish. Which, and they announced. I don't know if they announced this last week, and I just didn't pay attention, but they definitely talked about it this week. They're doing a rematch for Fastlane for the women's tag team championships. So, which I don't understand why. I think this pretty much means that they're going to end up winning this time. So we're going to have the age-old tradition of the two people that are feuding with each other that don't like each other being tag team champions because fuck tag teams, I guess. Yeah, I guess, man. I, I they've got nothing left, man, in the tank. They just. <laughs> Well, they just don't give a shit about tag teams. Well, there's that too. There's that too. It's just sometimes they just tell you, you know, we were we're tired. I mean, look, it's 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 March already. It's been three months. We're into the year, and we're tired already, which really gives you a great feeling for the rest of the year, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, the very lackluster road to WrestleMania. The old saunter. <laughs> To WrestleMania. Can't wait for the nine more months we got going on here. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that that's something to think about. It's like this is what they're doing in in preparation for their biggest show of the year. Imagine what the rest of the year is going to look like. Yeah, it's going to be a going to be a gonna be a, a a banner year coming out here. <laughs> Old great balls of fire is really going to have quite. The- <laughs> they may not do that one this year. <laughs> No, no, Great Balls of Fire, no Breaking Point. Uh, what are some of the other dumb names of pay-per-views? Uh, Fastlane. Um, mm. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, yeah. What a waste of time, dude. They used to just let it go and give this a good build, but no. We got to shove right. one in there. Now let's shove one in. We get more money. Oh, well, two, really, because, you know, they added the Elimination Chamber a couple of years ago, and it's like, yeah. all right, fine, whatever. Right. And then they added, now they've added another, you know, they added Fastlane to it. So now you have two pay-per-views between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, where before they would, like you said, just let it build, which I think they should do. But Simmer. we're at this point now, just with entertainment in general, that more content equals good content, which is not at all true. Yeah, there you go, Sasha Baron Corbin, Roadblock, bragging rights. My God, bragging rights. That was the <laughs> worst. Oh, Roadblock was awful. Bragging rights was horrible. Um, My God, they've had some bad ones. We need, we, we need to do that, man. Over the Limit or something? I think they had an Over the Limit. You're right. You're right, they did. Um, They've just... I can't even think of any right now. I'd have to... Great Balls of Fire was actually good. <laughs> there was it a might good... might have been a show, but it's a dumb fucking name. It is. I mean, it's... Listen, at least, at minimum, they paid Jerry, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis for the song to use it. Because without it, it would have made no sense. Yes. Meanwhile, that's probably... <laughs> I mean, in 2000, fucking, I think, what was it, like, 16? When they um, brought it out, it didn't make sense either. I mean, meanwhile, Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis is probably Lawler's idol in many ways. <laughs> well done. You guys don't know you, what I'm talking about? You're going to give clap and thumbs up for me on that show. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you might want to watch the movie with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Dennis Quaid and... Uh, oh, God, what's her name? Mm, wish I could help. Ah, God. I forget her name, and she's... I like her. She's hot. Um, forget it. Dennis Quaid's in that movie. But yeah, trust me, if, uh, if, if you don't know that story, he... Uh, let me just put it this way. He married his 15-year-old uh, third cousin. <clears throat> let that simmer for a second. Um, anyway, 
where were we? Murphy versus Cesaro, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, the battle of the men who lost their first names. Um, Seth comes out, decides to sit. Not a rider. Well, yes, thank you. All right, it, it was just, I didn't want to leave that hanging. I didn't want any plot holes in your program. Thank you. It is Winona Ryder. Absolutely. I, I actually like the movie. I do. I like the movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never seen the movie, but yeah, Winona Ryder is pretty good. She she's in uh, Stranger Things. I like that. Uh, she was, she did a couple of movies with uh, at least one movie with Sandler. The um, ah, she was a reporter. Um, Dirty. Uh, no, not Dirty Deeds. Mister Deeds. Excuse me. See. Mr. Deed she did with uh, Adam Sandler um, And she was in Beetlejuice Yeah, Beetlejuice, Heathers Yes, Heathers, I forgot about that movie That is on, uh, actually that movie's on Hulu right now You can grab that Right on, right on On Hulu, Lex. but yeah Yeah, that was her It's a good movie, man, it actually is But um, who's that kid that plays Elvis? He looks like Elvis, Michael St. Gerard <laughs> He looks just like Elvis if you look him up Actually, go ahead and pull down. And if you're on IMDb, pull down new uh, Michael Saint Gerard as Elvis in that movie, and just see what he looks like. He actually looks like a young Elvis. Great balls of fire. Yeah, he's played. He's played Elvis. Um, he did a TV movie called Young Elvis, which I finally found. Don't ask me where, but I found it. Well, I mean, don't spoil how the Elvis movie ends, please. Okay. Oh, you're not wrong, though. Yeah, you're right. I'll post it in the Mixler so people can see. He does. Him that they use there's, looking like Elvis. There's been rumors that he might have some distant relations to the man. Um, let me see. I just want to see the picture you put up here. Oh, yeah, right there to his IMDb. Yeah, he does. He looks a lot like Elvis. And again, he did that young Elvis movie, but um, he's been in a bunch of other stuff, not as Elvis. But let's face it, the kid looks like Elvis. I always feel bad for people when I like look at their IMDb and they haven't died, but then like they show their last movie was like, in the case of his case, it was 1994. Yeah. It was like, oof, tough yeah. break. He didn't. He hasn't done much. He hasn't done much. Um, I think he doesn't. He, there's no TV on there though. Um, I mean, let's see, filmography. Let's see, uh, Quantum Leap. He was. They showed him on uh, as was, Elvis. As Elvis, exactly. He's always I, uh, Law and Order. There you go. There's one. Okay, I knew it was on Law and Beverly Order. Beverly Hills. Oh, it was uh, Chris Suter. S U I T E R. There you go. I don't know what that means because I've never watched that show because I uh, was not a teenage girl in 1991. My sister watched it. If I was home, I did. But most of the time, I tried not to be home. So anyway, a shot for uh, Michael St. Gerard looking like Elvis. How's that? Cheers. I was in one in 1991, so I was not really in their prime demo. No. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Um, anyway, let's go back to the show. That, But I, I definitely not a bad movie. <clears throat> He's in it for like the, the he's in Great Balls of Fire for like a minute and a half, yeah. and he's gone. Maybe not even. Yeah, because I had to do a little bit of a deep dive looking for him when you suggested that because he obviously wasn't like the top billing. No, no, he literally came in, and I believe his one line was, "Take it, man, take it all." Because at this time, when this movie took place, Elvis was going off to the military. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was shipped out to Germany yeah. at this time. Which he did movies while in the military in Germany. Hmm. GI Blues. Yeah. 
if you watch GI Blues, it was in Germany while he was in the military. So he had a lot of, trust me, he did not have the usual service that every, every, the every man had. But right. uh, he did see some action. He did actually, they, they did send him out. He did see some action out there. So did, I got to ask you now, this as the version continues, have you ever seen the Mad TV skit of Elvis doing the Planet of the Apes? Mm-mm. Where it was, it was like instead of Planet of the Apes, it was like Planet of Some Apes, and it has really very little to do with Elvis. Well, it, it does have a lot to do with Elvis, but it's a thing that I always remember when I see people doing like a shitty performance in something. Because at one point, the, 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 he's like reading a line, and the guy that they have playing Elvis, he's just like obviously doing a very lackluster job as part of the joke, and and like <laughs> the guys that are supposed to be his hangers on, like come walking up to him and go, "You're doing some real good acting there." E. Uh, that's not far off of what he had. They were a bunch of yes men. Oh yeah, that that was part of the joke. But it just any time oh, yeah. it just makes me like I just always remember that anytime I see somebody like doing a really shitty job in a movie, I just think to myself, that's some real good acting there. Oh yeah, I mean, if I posted a picture of my dad right now dressed as Elvis, you would understand what I'm talking about. Why I know a lot about Elvis. Yeah, I, you know go. What? I'll go ahead and send it to you. I'm going to post it in the mixer, but I'll also send it to you. You know what? It, I did post that picture, and I'm trying. I remember where I posted it. I posted it to you guys. So if I still. And Dirk says, was Will Sasso? And yes, he was Elvis. Will Sasso was Elvis. Will Sasso? That makes sense. And it's not even like they're taking. They're making. It's not even like they're really super making fun of Elvis. They're just like. It's just him and Planet of the Apes. So it's like kind of a weird idea but it's it's pretty funny yeah i'll send it to you you guys can watch it at your leisure yeah i don't know where i sent that picture it's on my phone so all right i see it right here i'll pull that up another day which probably won't need to play that so all right i got it pulled up here i'll watch it um anyway let's go back to murphy versus sorrow um again Seth's coming out. Cesaro. As soon as the bell rang, Cesaro went after Murphy, but it didn't last that long. Um, and my God, is Seth back to being annoying voice already? Mm-hmm. Hey, I go out there. Why is Cesaro doing that? Oh, Murphy Cesaro. Oh God. It's kind of his voice, though. I know, but it. He had. He had kind of slowed it down when he was doing the Messiah thing. Now he's just back to being Seth, still doing the Messiah thing, but being annoying. Yeah, I mean, that is true. And you have, like, Corey being his hype man. Oh, Corey was awful tonight. I'm sorry. And, like, I I guess we we, we don't really have to talk about it too much, but you you said voice, doing a voice. Mm. I feel like we have to talk about it at least a little bit. I don't know what to make of the whole Apollo Crews thing. Mm. Because like he's like I think the gimmick works. The gimmick is good, right? But I, I don't see the point in having him do an accent when we know that that's not how he talks, and then he has pressure of having to keep it up for however long they want to do this gimmick. Well, like having him, and it's it's not really even so much a gimmick if it is actually his like backstory that he is a descendant of royalty, apparently. Mm. But I feel like having him do the voice. Because inevitably, like you said, like I was saying before, you have to have him continue to do the voice for the duration of the gimmick. And then, like, when you decide to drop the gimmick, if you decide to drop the gimmick, you make him a face or whatever. 
then he's probably going to drop the accent. And then you have, you're in the same position that Kofi Kingston was in, that Lana was in, that they, you know, they do this all the time where they have people talking accents and it's like, well, why aren't you using the accent anymore? Yeah, but Lana at least had a little bit of a backstory, first of all, that she did actually, from from the age of 17, she actually did live in Russia for a while. Mm. So she actually has some backstory. This dude was born in Sacramento, California, Apollo Crews. Right. Okay. Kofi, I don't know, maybe he has been to Kingston, Jamaica. Who well, knows? No, he, well, yeah, well, he's from Africa, I believe. I believe. I think he's uh, from South Africa. Actually, I believe from New Guinea. Well, let's just go ahead and look it up so that we're not you can go ahead. I believe New Guinea might be correct. I'm not but, sure. Yeah, which, I mean, that's not to say that it's the same thing, because he's, uh, let's see, born, I cannot pronounce it, but Ghana. New Guinea. Well, no, it's K-U-M-A-S-I. Oh. Kamasi Ashanti? I don't know, A-S-H-A-N-T-I. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I'll go with that one. I think Ashanti's right. I don't know about the other one. All right. All right. Cool. This is according to Wikipedia, but which I mean, again, there's a big difference between Africa and Jamaica too. I, I'll put that out there. But like, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, who cares? He lost the accent, and Triple H called him out on it on a show and embarrassed the shit out of him. Anyway. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're going going to lead to at some point, though. You're just going to have somebody in a backstage point will be like, "Hey, what happened to your accent?" And then yeah. the whole gimmick just looks dumb anyway. So yeah, it's confusing. Right. Like, I liked everything else about it. I like the idea that he has his own, like, cronies now. He's got, like, the, like, servicemen out there. Yeah, the military the military guys. fatigues. I do like that. I like that. Listen, I, I'm glad they're going to try to give him some sort of identity besides the smiling guy that comes down and has really good matches because he is incredibly talented, Apollo Crews. I definitely agree that. I agree with that. But I, I do like that they're trying to do this. But you're right. There's a lot of things that could backfire in this. Right. Yes, that's exactly it. Like, I, I totally 100% agree with what you just said. Because I was seeing people go, well, it's better than his last gimmick. And I was like, well, what was his last gimmick? That he smiled? Like, that's about it. And he could get <laughs> so, mad. I mean, they're giving so, yeah. him something. He could get mad sometimes, too. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. I don't see this. I I either see this gimmick going really long or I see it lasting a very short time. Right. One of the two. I mean, I would say this. It's bold because there's like you said, there's a lot of ways that this could go wrong. And there's also potentially a lot of ways that they could be called out for like being vaguely racist. So the fact that they're doing this actually kind of says that they have balls. It's Mm. interesting, at least. Mm. Okay, if they did it with Dolph Ziggler, I would say okay. True. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, not so much. I, mean, the, I think you see where I'm going here. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But just like how they choose to depict him, there could be a lot of backlash is what I'm saying. There could, but I don't think there will be. Because, I mean, listen, I don't know his actual ancestry. He does, obviously. And it could be exactly what he's saying, for all we know. I don't know. The accent, whatever, it is what it is. But um, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I, I either see you going a really long time or it's going to be very, very short. But I did actually, a good promo on Big E, though. The promo was yeah, still good. The promo was still good. Um, and Apollo is still talented. So it's 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 up to him to work out everything else i guess right yeah i mean basically the whole gist of the promo was that he's not 
going to sit there and wait for handouts and he's not going to just be happy with whatever's given to him. He's not going to sit in catering like Big E suggested that he should. He's going to take what's his. He just put his own little spin on it. So good. I liked it. I like the promo, but just the yeah. accent is an interesting choice. Yeah, it is. You're right. You're right. Um, uh, I guess to roll back just a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorrow won that match we were talking about with Murphy versus Sorrow, so we can just go on from that. Uh, after that, we had Reggie, and he knocks on Sasha's door to apologize, and she just yells no. Mm-hmm. And then he sees Nia and Shayna on his way out of the building. Shayna insults him, and Nia says he's cute, and he has the look on his face that most of us would have if Nia just said that to us. Confusion with slight intrigue? Yes. I, that seemed like that was the look that he had. Whereas, like, mm, I, would, it, would it be safer it's than wrestling her? Not, no, I think the intrigue was, you know, it wouldn't, she's kind of hot. <laughs> It'd be great if he just pulled out, like, a bottle of wine that he had already had prepared and just, like, took a swig <laughs> and just shrugged. Eh, ain't that bad. But, eh, eh. I got nothing set up for tonight. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, anyway, we didn't spend much time on that segment. Jay Uso. <laughs> oh, my God. The, no. <laughs> this on. can't be leading to what I think this is going to be leading to. A Where, like, story? all of a sudden they start a courtship process. And mm. They go on a date or two or whatever. And they don't show what's going on behind closed doors. But at some point it inevitably leads to Naya yelling, my hole. Oh. Oh. I, I, I thought you were going to say eventually uh, Shanna ends up pegging him. But okay, that's, oh. that's probably better. That's probably better. You just you're, have a throwback to the Mark Henry segment where you just hear, it's a pain. Your, your storyline is probably more PG than mine. <laughs> Poor Reggie getting pegged. Oh, God. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. <laughs> For some reason, I just got a visual of Shannon with the strap on. Just Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, and that has merchant that has like a merchandise merchandise opportunity behind it. <laughs> you do like you set up a deal with like Adam and Eve, like the Shayna Baszler Pegger three thousand or whatever. Oh God, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go on here. Jay Uso is backstage with Kayla Braxton, um, doing a little interview. Um, still all. Hype like the hype man he is, and Daniel Bryan attacks him. <laughs> we just need to move on. It's, gonna, it's just going to get worse. It's going to be hard to come back from that. <laughs> it is just going to get worse. Um, I'll tell you what, this will make us. Uh, there was the, this ding dong hello segment was just awful with Bailey, where she did like those like red tweets from a people. Oh, God, this is just getting worse and worse. Didn't hate it. It wasn't what? great necessarily. It it didn't serve a purpose either, because like she decided that she was going to be like being the. It, it kind of made a little bit of sense because being the egotistical heel, she decides that instead of reading mean tweets, she's going to read nice things that people say about her. But then by the time she gets to tweet number three, apparently somebody said something mean, which they weren't displaying it on the screen, so she totally could have just made some shit up. But she gets really mad about it and crumples up a little card and then slams the door behind her. So, like, we don't really figure out who it is or what they said or why. It just kind of 
like a cliffhanger that they may expand upon. They may not. It, like I said, it didn't really serve a purpose. However, the tight sweater and tight leather pants combination is just a thumbs up. Well, that was fine, but the the, the segment itself was uh, dog shit. But anyway, mm. I'm glad you enjoyed dog shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I own I own a Rottweiler. I've say? got a dog too, but it, his shit stinks. So anyway, let's get to this uh, main event, this cage match with Jey Uso. And Daniel Bryan, once again, if Daniel Bryan wins, he will get a universal championship match at yes. Fastlane. And now we found out earlier on the show that if Jey Uso win, uh, loses, it's going to embarrass the family and Roman and everybody. So the outcome is not going to be good for Jay. Right. I, I did like that because I had a little promo with Roman and Jay backstage where he's like, yeah, if you lose, I have to defend the title at Fastlane, which I eh, no big deal. But you did disgrace your entire family. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, no pressure. Just go out there and win. Um, oh, by the way, real uh -huh. quick. What oh. did you think about this weird fucking segment that we got at the beginning explaining the rules to the tag to a cage match? Yeah, with Corey. Um a little, I, I think they were killing some time for something. Yeah, that was the thing is I was like, you know, you could just have the fucking cage match instead of doing a promo explaining how the cage match works. Yeah. And then I saw people like trying to like def the defending WWE that were just like, yeah, well, fucking you idiots. Like, what about casual fans? What about people who don't watch regularly? People who have never seen a cage match? I was like, well, you know, that that's a good point because they don't have people that they put on to talk about the match during the match that can explain the rules in about a minute. If only they had a commentary team that could like fulfill those responsibilities. But since they don't, I understand why they did a five-minute promo talking about how the cage match works instead if, of actually just doing the cage match and giving the cage match more time. If only they could just put up a graphic real quick. Yeah. Man. Oh, they've done that before. Yeah, that's usually how they do it. They put up a quick graphic. I think they were killing some time. It, it, I mean, it wasn't awful. It was right. uh, a little weird for them to do, but... I guess, again, I think they were killing some time. Maybe they told Gordy to do it, but it, it wasn't awful. I'll deal with yeah. it. I'll deal with it. Um, but Roman and Paul Heyman come out. Uh, Paul gets uh, Roman a chair quickly as Roman looked at him like he was about to kill him. Um, Jay looks like he just saw a ghost, and he's not happy that Roman is out there. Um, and... Uh, Really was a. I enjoyed the match itself. Daniel Bryan ended up ended up tapping out Jay, <laughs> and Roman is staring daggers as uh, Daniel Bryan is on top of the cage cheering, staring daggers at Daniel Bryan. And um, the, I like the little Samoan drop off of the top rope too. That was that good. was Jay nice, Daniel. man. It, it was a really good match between the two of them. But uh, and I. I will say this as much as I like hate the fact that they do 800 different camera angles in the span of like 20 seconds. Mm. I did love the shot that they had to pretty much end the show where you, like you said, they had Roman staring daggers and then they have like a tight shot of Roman and you just see Paul duck his head and just put it on, like almost put his head on Roman's shoulders, just staring at him. Like, you're not going to be happy about this. Are you? <laughs> oh, he's probably thinking Jay's going to die. Oh, my God. 
she had like Roman sitting down and you had Heyman standing up and you just like Heyman just ducks his head in the frame and just has a typical Heyman look on his face. And it was just, it was fucking awesome. It was a great way to end the show. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. So good, sh- good shit. Good shit right there. Um, and uh, like I said, SmackDown, pretty good show. I enjoyed SmackDown tonight. I do too. Yeah. I, like we've been, we've been talking about this, but I feel like they haven't had a bad show in months like it shows have been either decent or good since like september yeah yeah definitely i don't know how long you know i, I know they say daniel bryan's on the uh comment uh, not the commentary the creative a little bit now i don't know how much he has to do with what's going on or even his own storylines but it's really had some good stuff involved in it mm-hmm. all of not just daniel bryan's storyline a lot of the storylines so been good stuff man it's much better than raw Oh, definitely, for much, sure. Much more continuity than Raw, which is even more Absolutely. amazing. So it, it, It's so weird because it's like, and I mean, I guess I have to eat crow maybe or whatever because I didn't think that Bruce Pritchard's being involved, or Bruce Pritchard, I don't know why I pluralized his name, but Bruce Pritchard being involved in the creative team, I thought it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference, but I guess ever since he took, took control, it pretty much righted the ship. I don't know, like, is Vince just not being involved in it anymore or if so why i don't know if maybe somebody at fox is just like kept bitching at them until they made things better because like we were talking about it i remember how we you know i remember i was reviewing smackdown last year about the same time last year and every every time we would fucking dread it where it was just like oh god we gotta fucking talk about smackdown and now it's like oh smackdown this will be fun i'm gonna go by quick there'll be some good matches some good angles yeah, it, 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 it is a difference, and I'm not sure if it's, like I said, I'm not sure if it's all Bruce Pritchard. I'm not sure if it's Pritchard and Daniel Bryan working together, but whoever's doing it right now is uh, is definitely definitely making some, some good good decisions with their storylines and with their continuity. So I'm enjoying it. I'm happy. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'm happy, happy, happy. Uh, Jesus, Sasha Baron Corbin, what are you looking at our Jesus? It's like he knows what we're going to be talking about soon. Um, you know what? No, I'm not going to talk about that right now. (laughs) 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 I'm just going to be a douchebag for being just for the hell of it. Uh, here we go. Um, actually real quick. I'll take my last little shot here before the, for, for finishing SmackDown. Hopefully the wife brings in a shot. Cheers. Cheers back, sir. All right, that was it for me. No more drinking, unless the wife brings in a shot. Um, tomorrow night, if you have not had enough of wrestling, um, AEW, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, is on their YouTube channel, is doing a kind of a pre-show. Um, they have 12 matches lined up for tomorrow night mm-hmm. on an AEW Dark. Um, there's some... They got a lot of matches, man. Um, they have a. Gr- I'm going to go ahead and roll through them here real quick, Smart. Sure, go ahead. Five and ten of the Dark Order versus very, very. Is that his name? Vavari. Davari? No, it just says Vari Morales and LeBron Cozone. Hmm. Cozone. I don't know who they are, and I apologize. Uh, did th- you send that? I can look. I did. It's in there. Okay. Um, Thunder Rosa versus Tesha Price. We've seen both of them. Jack Evans versus Jake St. Patrick. Lance Archer versus John Schuyler. Uh, Penta El Zero Miedo 
versus Azrael. Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall versus Caesar Bononi and Peter Avalon. Austin and Colton Gunn versus D3 and Mbadu. Mbadu? Is that it? Mbadu? Not from, I'm not familiar with him, so I can't really help you there. Oh, my God. I'm butchering names, and I apologize. Uh, Ty Conti and Layla Gray. That's an easy one. Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Angel Fashion and Fuego del Sol. Chuck Taylor versus J.D. Drake. Bear Country versus uh, Cameron Stewart and Risen. Risen, I think. Risen, see? So, like, uh, Triple H's old name, which was a weird idea to make your name. That's why I would have gone with Risen. But Risen uh, and Matt and Mike Seidel versus Luther and Serpentico, also known as Chaos Project. Unfortunately. <laughs> um I will say real quick, what I didn't realize was I was watching Panchamania last or the other night, and they did Matt and Mike Seidel, Mike's first match with AEW. He did the same like moonsault that Matt Seidel does, and he did it from the same turnbuckle, the same rope that Matt Seidel did when he made his debut, and they both botched him. Like, in similar fashion. Wow. And it's just so fucking weird because it was the same turnbuckle, same top rope, same move, and almost similar results. And luckily, neither of them got hurt. You know, he probably went up there thinking, I'm not going to do what my brother did. I'm not going to do it. And it got in his own head and, boom, did exactly what his brother did. I wouldn't be surprised. That's probably exactly what happened, man. (laughs) I would not be surprised. Poor guy. But, uh, hey, if you're around tomorrow and you want to see some more wrestling, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, AEW's YouTube channel, all those matches are going to be on there. That's going to be a long show, man. Um, it's kind of what they've been doing with Dark, though. Is they've had, it's because it, at first it was like usually like an hour or whatever, a little bit over an hour. But for pretty much ever since the pandemic, they've been doing like hour and a half, two hour, where it's just like these long cards. And most of the matches are usually only like five, 10 minutes anyway, but just those like very long cards with a lot of matches on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched it, so I don't know, but uh, if you say so, man, I'm, I'm, yeah, me neither. I haven't really watched too much of it either. I just have seen the cards and I'm like, there's fucking 15 matches on here. Yeah, well, they got twelve on this one, so I guess we'll see what happens if they're. Are they? I mean, how long does that show last? Uh, I mean, Dark has been coming in at like I think, like I said, somewhere between like hour and a half, hour forty-five oh. to two hours. So they're quick, like fast. Week. Oh, quick, fast pace. Not a lot of bullshit in between. Right. Yeah, and it's pretty much one match to the other match. There's not really a lot of a lot of if any like promo segments or anything like that. All right, they might do a little bit tomorrow night, being as they're building up to their pay per view the next day. So we'll see what happens there. Um... Something I'm going to get into real quick. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Um, Max Caster came out the other night by himself. We talked yeah. about that. Um, wasn't sure why, but uh, Tony Khan did confirm that Bowens is out of action with a knee injury. Didn't give a window of time. Didn't tell you what kind of injury. That was really all he said. Which is why I'm, he said it on the AEW Unrestricted podcast. Um, that's why I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. We're otherwise we're just speculating. We don't know how he didn't say how long. He just said he's out with a knee injury right now. That was it. Right. Yeah. So we don't know how long. I'm sure the 
the, the old dirty, dirty sheets will pick it up eventually, and we'll find out a little more from there. <laughs> well, you know, it was kind of funny about that real quick, because I was putting them over, and I really do like their tag team, but when we were first talking about them, I was putting them over as, like, they got a lot of potential, and they're going to be, like, really great, and they're these new, young, up-and-comer guys, but I was, like, kind of emphasizing on them being new and young, and I looked, and Bowens is the same age as I am, uh-huh. Which, not to say that I'm super old, but like hey. it just made me laugh that I was like, ah, oh, this kid's going to be the future, I tell you. And it's like, he's probably a couple months older than I am. <laughs> uh, you're, a, you're a whippersnapper compared to me, son. That's right. Well, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, actually, because um, if we want to talk about that real quick here, mm-hmm. in, in terms of age, because just to kind of fill in that gap, I'm 30, he's 30, and... There's a new sort of embargo. Well, I don't know if embargo is the right word, boy. But there's a the new sort of restriction that they're putting on the new performance center talent mm-hmm. that's coming out. Because I got this from the Observer newsletter, and it makes me laugh because they, they basically talk in circles. So just keep yeah. in mind, pay attention to these words. I'm going to read them. I'm going to try to read them accurately, but we'll see what happens. Go for the it. WWE, the WWE. I already fucked it up. The WWE is very aware of the aging aspect of the roster developmental. We were told there has been a new doctrine, that's the word, when it comes to signings, that unless it is a special situation where somebody is really good or has potential, or if they have a name from elsewhere, they want to limit new developmental signings to those under the age of 30. People like Taya Valkyrie and the former Eli Drake, who both would fit in the category of people with names in the business. Huh. So, which, uh, by the way, this is this says this comes after the signings of late thirties people, so right. they're basically calling them old. So now suddenly they want to go to signing younger people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I they want to start molding people again is what they want to do, which makes sense. But a it makes me laugh that the old hoop dream is over. I'm now too old to be on NXT. I guess you are, man. You're done. That's right. I'm not wild and young anymore. Um, No. (laughs) But what makes me laugh is they say, and it makes sense that they want to start developing younger people and their own people and what have you. But it makes me laugh because they say, like, unless you're a name that has, unless you're a big name or you've done something elsewhere or we just want to sign you, we're not going to sign you if you're over 30. So it's like, we're not going to sign you if we're over 30 unless we want to sign you and you're well, over 30. So basically yeah. nothing has changed. No, they're basically saying if you, you're you going to be more apt if you're a name already in the business or if you're maybe a famous football or actor or something like that. That's what they're saying. They're going to be more likely to be signed over 30 at that point. But... Whatever. Let them do what the fuck they want to do. Yeah, it's just the wording of that made me laugh because they just kept adding scenarios where it's like right. little caveats. I'm yeah. like, well, we won't sign you if you're over 30 unless you're a big name on the indies or, or unless we're interested in you or, or unless you're famous. <laughs> or, and it's just like 40 minutes later. Yeah, well, WWE doesn't always make sense. So, um, I, 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 like I said, it sounds to me like they want to just take some younger guys and start molding them from uh i'm not sure maybe they're not happy with all these indie guys getting over um maybe they want to just start building their own guys again well they were i mean there's just been a lot of like people online talking about how the roster has 
gotten older and how that might have something to do with the fact that their viewership has also gotten older and they're having a hard harder time connecting with some of the younger people. And like if if you're good, it doesn't matter well, how old you are. Well, but I think some of the problem is that a lot of the people that are the older people have also been there for a very long time. So we're still seeing the same people over and over again. Yeah, you should be happy when your viewers are getting older as your roster gets older. It means they're sticking with you. Sure. Which I I mean, there's definitely that. But if you're not like adding new people to the equation, which is what they seem to have a problem doing, it's like at some point your wrestlers are going to start dying and your fans are going to start dying. Yeah, we're all, we're all going to die, but... Um, anyway. <laughs> and with that, let's do plugs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess on the heels of that, why don't you knock out your little uh, your Serena Deeb story there? Since we were just talking about a knee injury, we can tie this into the other knee injury. Sure, yeah. From one injury story to another, we had been talking about how she's actually had been one of the better parts of their women's division for a minute here. She's been having a couple of weeks, had been having really good matches. But uh, from the Observer, it says NWA women's champion Serena Deeb, optimistic after left knee scope. AEW roster member and current NWA women's champion Serena Deeb gave a social media update on a left knee injury she recently suffered. In a tweet, she said she had a scope done that it went really well and she will be back before you know it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this is unknown when the 34-year-old was injured too old for NXT also, mm. but she was favoring her knee in her sole women's title eliminator tournament match in February, 17th loss to Rio. AEW doctor Michael Sampson was seen working out her knee during a commercial break. The veteran wanted to continue and was able to finish the well-received 15-minute match since signing with the company in September. De- okay, and this I will read this as is, but it's sort of wonky. Deeb has averaged two matches a month and only three times this year, which what it meant to say was she's averaged two matches a month only three times this year. Right. For some reason, the Wrestling Observer doesn't have proofreaders. This is like the top of fucking journalism in wrestling, and they can't hire a fucking proofreader. I'll do it for five bucks, Meltzer. Give me that. (laughs) The guy, uh, yeah. All right, there you go. Well, yeah, old uh, old Josh Nason just got all excited there. Mm-hmm. But, but we, I, I, I wouldn't have mentioned that if we didn't. This wouldn't have been a pattern because I, I can count like I can't. I've lost count how many times I have read a story as is, word for word, and I've run into this where it's like that sentence made no fucking sense, and then I have to like figure out what it is that they meant to say. And it's weird because it's like it's these we don't we try our best not to cite random fucking sources Mm. like we don't do ringside news like we do only like seemingly credible sites like the Observer or like Fightful or, you know, whatever. And like there's just so many cases where it's like, dude, this it's only like a two or three paragraph story. Like you could read this back. It would take all of about five minutes. Like how lazy are journalists now? Dude, if this takes you five minutes to read, um you might want to go back to school. True. This true. should take you a minute or two at the most to read this fucking story right here, dude. I mean, a minute and a half probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, this should. You're right. This should be something quick to just go over. Even, I mean, just, I'm, I don't know. When I do, I do it by, I, I like go by paragraph when I proofread stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll reread the paragraph and then I'll go to the next paragraph. 
Sure. And then after it, I'll reread every paragraph. Yeah, and I usually wait if I'm writing something and I have to like send it in to somebody or whatever. I, I usually read it all when I'm done and make sure it makes sense. Well, luckily, my that 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 job is over. But anyway, um, I don't know, man. I I didn't know she was injured, but um, at least she had a scope. It wasn't a full surgery, so she could be back really quickly um, from a scope. Really, they just pretty much do it, and within a couple of weeks, you're back in rehab. Right. Because there yeah, was. Yeah, and that's what yeah. it said on the tweet that she sent out is that I'll be back before you know it. Yeah. Face. So, yeah, hopefully, because she had been having some good matches and she's definitely a pretty good part, a, a very consistent part of that yeah. women's division that's kind of, it needs as much talent as it can get. Mm-hmm. And a scope is a less invasive um, thing they do, a less, less invasive surgery. It's not like they sliced into her. So she's not going to have stitches, not going to have any of that. So, well, she may have a stitch or something, but she'll be all right. Hopefully back before we know it. That'll be cool right there, man. Like she says, we she will be back before we know it. So, all right. Um, I don't want to end the story, so I'm going to do it now. I don't want to yeah. dwell on this story either, really. Um, another scumbag in wrestling. Uh, Synergy Pro Wrestling. It was in, uh, which was out of Tampa, Florida. The owner, uh, Colin West. I guess he's also known as Patrick Shea. I guess he has a alias. Um, discovered to be a registered sex offender under a different name, which I guess, I guess he did have a different name. With convictions for sexually assaulting boys, multiple wrestlers, as well as independent wrestling TV, have cut ties. With this company now, I guess he had a big show that was kind of being billed. Um, I'm getting this right off of uh, PW Guru, and I saw this all over the place today. And they literally have the New Jersey State Police picture mugshot of this guy and all of his things that he's done. Um, let me just read the offenses and the details which will disgust you completely um and then i don't want to spend a lot of time on this i just details of his 1999 conviction was registrant sexually assaulted three male acquaintance between the ages of six and ten also in separate case registrant sexually assaulted a 12 year old male acquaintance this guy's lucky to be alive in my opinion. 37-year-old male. I know this was in 1999, but just to give you his date, you know, date of birth and everything. So he's trying to... I know he's come kind of trying to say, well, look, I was abused and I, I kept the cycle going, but... And I know the abused abuse. I know that's that's the old saying, but... Did you say he was 37? He's 37 years old right now, yes. Huh. Too old to be in WWE, yeah. Well, yes, obviously. No NXT for him for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's 37, and this happened in 1990? 99. He was born. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's born, born in 83. No, okay, no, okay. I thought you said 1990. I misheard you. No, I was going to say that would have made him seven, so that would have just kind of been weird and not inappropriate as much, but... No, he was a teenager at that point. I mean, he was still 16. 
Would, yeah, which, but that's that. That, that but, age, you're not really a kid necessarily mm, in that in that term. You're old enough to sort of know better, at least about things like that. Old enough to know better about that. Mm, it's yeah, it's just, not a matter of like playing doctor with a neighbor, where you're like, you shouldn't be doing this, but you might not know any better. Yeah, and I mean, this is just awful to hear. And obviously, I'm thank God everyone is cutting ties with this guy. I mm-hmm. actually saw a post this morning from um, Low Life Louie that was a little vague. And as the day went on, his post made more sense. Yeah. yeah. He put out a, a statement about that, I guess, more Horace did, too. Right. Um, I went to the Synergy website, and he, like, the, the owner guy like left a little essay on like sort of his logic and explanation or whatever. He was saying that you know it happened to him when he was a teenager, should have known better. That kind of thing. And that, that usually ends up tending to be the case with a lot of people who do that kind of thing is that it happened to them when they were younger. And it just that's it, it's a shitty situation. Like, I don't at all sympathize with the guy. I'm not at all trying to say that. But that does tend to be what happens. Well, like I said, so it the, becomes a the, cycle. the old saying is the abused abuse. It, 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 oh, yeah. it does run the cycle. I mean, that's that's that is the same. And, and it, it's all abuse, verbal uh, sexual every every kind of abuse can be <clears throat> I'm not saying it's inherited but brought from one to another you know one generation to the other yeah, passed down osmosis whatever yeah whatever you want to call it and I, I again I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this but uh, you got any more on that thing no I mean that's that's pretty much it if you want to hear his statement I'm not going to bother reading it but it's on the synergywrestling.com website um it's it's uncomfortable. It's shitty. It's it's not something that's you know anybody condones. And you know he's getting being punished, and as you should be, you know. Uh, yeah. And any statement you make at this point is not gonna. I mean, you can do all the people change things, but I think pedophiles are. Well, and that's what he did. He said that he like, he's tried to get better since that happened, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. Mainly, just the, the whole a big part of it was saying that he didn't tell anybody, so nobody on his roster knew. So just basically, don't associate anybody that had worked for him with him anymore, which I think most logical people wouldn't. But I mean, at the same time, that fog is going to kind of hang over people. No, I mean, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give him a little something here. I. At least appreciate him saying that. So, you know, people don't get like you look good. You worked for this guy and blah blah blah. So, I, I yeah, I mean, I I can at least say that was at least something decent that he did. But uh, everything else just absolutely disgusts me to my absolute core. Sure, understandable. And, uh, I totally agree. And uh, let me just put it this way. If it was uh, my kids, I, w- I would either be in jail or he would not be found. <clears throat> let me just put it that way. Anyway. You, you'd pull Marty Gennetti at the bowling alley? Uh, Except that yours would actually be true? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. I mean, yeah, let's just hope it never comes to that. But anyway. Absolutely, yeah. To end on Super Sasha Baron Corbin's story. <laughs> I saved it for last. <laughs> there you go. That's something. I'm such an asshole. In a way, I kind of saved. I saved his as the best for last. Um, and once again, we said we only go with 
fucking, you know, really good sources on this show as the Dirt Sheet Dudes Wrestling Observer Newsletter. WWE taking a hard stance, Mark, not just recommending a hard stance against hard, prof- stance. hard stance. That's right. Um, that reminds me of the old uh, pegging thing we were talking about earlier. Um, <laughs> go Shayna. Shayna with a hard stance. Uh, <laughs> title. Naya back there clapping. Hard stance, Shayna. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, they're taking a hard stance because performers who use the thigh slapping technique to add the old sound effects when they're throwing kicks. The report states that there were rumors of WWE fining wrestlers for the tactic, uh, with the company recently sending a memo to NXT talent. So I guess it was NXT they're starting with. Additionally, Fightful Select notes that while it can't confirm wrestlers being fined, it can confirm that a huge sign reading, no thigh, sla- no thigh slapping, was up at WWE events last week. <laughs> Fightful reports that the memo sent out to talent was sent back in February. So, of all the things going on in WWE, everything going on, the whole, you know, speaking out movement and all that, they're worried about people slapping their thighs. The shows are shitty. The ratings are in uh, for Raw are on the fucking toilet. Uh, NXT is getting beat by AEW almost weekly. And thigh slapping is where they are putting their fucking attention. What is this? The goddamn government? Which, is, again, and I, I, we were talking about that before, but that match I was talking to you, I was talking about like from a couple of weeks ago. I saw it on Batchamania the other day with the face... Uh, the face wash move mm. where they cut to the angle perfectly where they so- show the face wash kick at the end completely missing. Mm. It's like maybe you focus more on not changing the camera angle so much that you actually catch people not connecting with the move so well, much as... That Kevin Dunn is back there having a seizure with fucking naming fucking camera angles. Yeah, it's like if you've ever just like gotten bored and like just ran your hand across the keyboard really fast. <laughs> like that's basically what he does with the buttons of the control room. Or three, or four, or seven, oh, nine, nine, four, five, five, nine, nine, two, two, five, five. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> but thigh slapping is where we're at, Smart. Um, I would love, I really hope that somebody somewhere somehow takes a picture of the no thigh slapping sign because <laughs> I'm just getting this mental image of like a, a picture of one of the young bucks setting up for a super kick and then just like the red circle with a line through it over them. <sighs> I mean, Reggie's probably happy. There's no thigh slapping involved, but mm-hmm. well, yes. <laughs> no, don't just slap look, my thighs. His Shana. thighs have been through enough. Don't slap my thighs, Shana. No. <laughs> We should call this the show Thigh Slapping Pegging. Uh, <laughs> Which was amazing because it's like I, I I never think to write down any of the potential show t- titles as we go through them. <laughs> and I was absolutely certain that we had peaked at the phrase Invisible Piss Break. Which I wrote it down. And then next thing I know, you start talking about Shane of Pegging. <laughs> and like, the game has been changed. Ah. Uh... Anyway, 
Um, yeah, well, I, I, I don't even, I honestly don't really even know what to say about the ridiculousness of them concentrating on this. Yeah, it, it, it is sometimes definitely, definitely visible. We see it, but I guess they're going for that. We're not some indie promotion where you can slap your thigh. I, it, it almost seems like Randy Orton brought this up or something. <laughs> Thigh. You know, come on, man. It's like thigh slap dive. <laughs> Dirk Sheets wants the title of the show, The Pegging. Uh, done. I'll do that. You got it, Dirk. On you, on you buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> the Pegging. The Pegging. We're just going to leave it at that. Let people listen. Um, they, when do they bring up pegging? Who's got, I hope someone wonders that, but I hope they don't. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to attract a very interesting fan base. Oh, but uh, yeah, I, I I guess that's what I like. I said I can see Randy bringing something up like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> and Vince, the RK, RK, I so badly want there to be like a suggestion box on Vince's office, his like desk, and he just every month he opens it up and there's just like five different notes that says more side headlocks. And you're like, God damn it, Randy! I get it. All right, enough. <laughs> Thigh slap, dive, bullshit. More headlocks, brother. <laughs> slower. Signed, slower. Signed, signed RKO. <laughs> He's got his own stationery with a little snake on. Oh, no, it's a stamp. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, of course. That's a stamp. Randy ain't wasting time. It's a stamp. Okay. <laughs> Oh shit! All right. I saw the video of him bumming a smoke from fans again the other day, <laughs> and I just nothing makes me feel happier than watching Randy Orton bump cigarettes from people. Who's got a smoke? Anyone got a smoke? <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad that he probably just vapes now, so we'll never see that happen again. But he probably lights it, and then like right after the cigarettes, lady does his little arm thing. He just stretches out his arms like yeah. Mm-hmm. Smoke the fuck out of this cigarette, bitch. Nice and slow. Arn, this one's for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Working the psychology of the pups. <laughs> and the fans are just like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway. All right. I think we can, we can probably wrap up on that right there. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, no more thigh slapping, guys. So uh, every time you see it, just go fine, fine, fine. Remember that at home, no matter what you're doing, no thigh slapping. There you go. Don't thigh slap at home either. Vince might see you. You never know what happens. You never know. You never know. So, all right. On that note, oh, this was a fun show tonight. I enjoyed that. Um, whew. Yeah. Let's take y'all drunken ass home and knock these plugs out one last time. Hi, Marks. Cheese Man Mojo G Wiz. Definitely, guys, you want to be checking out. Where are you going to check them out? Right here. Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. Don't forget to add that second T when you're typing Mitt Mitt Network. That's right. I uh, find them Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Sorry about that. I uh, looked down at something else real quick. Uh, and, of course, always a shout-out to Bobby Anthony and Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. Find them on Apple 
Google, all the user podcast platforms. You know where to go because you know where you get your podcasts from, and you should already be subscribed to them. And, of course, the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Check out those guys, Blog Talk Radio, and all the usual podcast platforms. And, of course, Steve Milan out there sharing the show. And, of course, you can find him over there reviewing films, letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan. And he's got two L's in his name, too, so double those L's when you type Milan. And he's over there reviewing a lot of films, so definitely go check him out over there. And you can leave us a review. You can rate us. You can subscribe to us on Spreaker. You can find us on Anchor. You can get us on YouTube. Definitely subscribe to that. Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google. Smart, go ahead. That's right. As my dog this vicariously slurps on her vagina, I would like to tell you about cheese on sports. I don't know if you can pick it up on the audio, but she's being very loud. So that's no, and I'm really happy I can't. But please proceed. <laughs> All right, no vigorous <laughs> Be sure to check out. <laughs> this is a quality plug. I mean, you get what you pay for. Happy birthday, cheese! Cheese on sports. Monday is eight thirty. No. Yes, happy <laughs> birthday, sir. That's right. Cheese on Sports Mondays, 830 on the Middle Podcast Network, right here on Mixler. Also, Sunday afternoons, be sure to check out our friends Mo Dirk, City Machine Guns, Mojo, and Dirk talking it up. Also, the Metal Mitt Podcast Network is where you want to go for that one. And be sure to check out our friends at the Planet Racklon Tour. That's the Planet Racklon Tour podcast with Bobby and the Papa Dave Sincere and Yuck Nasty. Be sure to subscribe so you'll get access to all 16 episodes of Season 1 and the ever-approaching episodes of Season 2. All right. Well, there we go. That is the plugs. As usual, we appreciate everybody coming on in the chat room. And, of course, if you're downloading, we definitely appreciate you, too. However you listen and support this show, it is greatly appreciated. And we will be back Wednesday with all kinds of hijinks after the show. That should be fun. Uh, so, on that note, Smart, I will see you Wednesday and everybody else. Uh, and on Sunday... Yes, Sunday mornings, actually. I'll go ahead and amend the plug. Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m. Oh. 9.30, he says my time, but I think he's talking your time. That would be 9.30 Central. Yeah, there you go. So 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central. And it'll depend. My, my, my kids don't have school Monday, but my daughter, it depends on my daughter. If she's sleeping, I don't know. We'll see what happens Sunday with the pay-per-view. I wouldn't mind doing it live. Just stay tuned and uh, make sure you hit that follow on uh, Mixer.com says Dirty Dudes, then you will know if we're going to be doing it. If we don't, we'll talk about it Wednesday. On that note, Wednesday night, be back. See ya! Adios. Show some. Take your drunken ass off. Yeah!